This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. On today's podcast episode, I have a returning guest with me, Sig Fisher, Coach Sig Fisher, I should say. Hello and welcome. Hi, 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 hi. It's so good to be back here. I'm so freaking excited. I'm so excited to chat with you. I reckon the last time we recorded a podcast episode must have been at least 12 months ago, you reckon? More, at least a year and a half. Yeah. Woohoo. All right. Well, fill me in. What has happened in the past 18 months for you? Anything exciting? Um, Big life changes? What hasn't happened? Um, Obviously, many, many changes. Um, A lot of um, rebranding, transformations internally, externally. Oh, my God. Like, obviously, business. For those um, who don't know much about me, I started off with that strength training, a lot of body composition, similar to, you know, what Girl Fit Method does. And through my own um, spiritual journey, I've been taking a lot of healing protocols and I've just noticed myself shifting more towards the mindset more body confidence side of things so yeah this is where I'm at right now I love that and I love your Instagram like you make me laugh (laughs) you make me laugh so much you just you're just great very authentic and I think like what makes a coach in particular a great support is someone that has been through what they're preaching and has come out the other end or even, you know, really is still working on it because I think we're all um, works in progress, right? But if we can really empathise and connect with people based on our experiences, they can really recognise that and see that in you because it's really hard to be able to communicate with someone about it a situation when you actually haven't been through it yourself and experienced all of those emotions and fears and whatever it is that you're going through. I'd actually love to chat about the past 18 months. We had a bit, we had a bit of a plan of where we're going to kickstart this conversation, but I've changed my mind. So what's really interesting is uh, I've been on a very similar journey as well. And I've spoken about the past 12 months, what's been happening in my life in the past 12 months with my listeners So they kind of understand I had a relationship breakdown. My life did a whole 180 and it has meant I have had to rebuild literally everything, which has been incredibly difficult, but also the most amazing time of my life. And I know that you've been through somewhat similar things as well. And would you be happy to kind of touch on, I guess, the changes in your life over the past 18 months in a bit more detail and then what that has allowed you to do, what you've learned through that as well. We'll start there. Mm, Okay. So one, to be honest, there's there's been a couple of like shifts, like major shifts in uh, my life. The first one 18 months ago was I separated from a partner. We lived together and we had to literally just get rid of the house, move elsewhere. And that was a big move for me, especially from like a long-term relationship for not having, you know, that soul partner who you've literally shared so many years with to independence on your own, trying to navigate life, trying to navigate your 
career as well it was a big like reality check going oh whoa like it's just up to me now so rebuilding that took a lot of self-trust a lot of courage um thankfully enough I had such a good um support network that I was able to pick up from where I left off from that breakup and to be honest and that was also like a big start of my healing journey being able to Do the things that you, well, that I haven't, I wasn't able to do previously in a relationship, whether it's, you know, going dancing or going boxing or spending more time with my friends or spending more time on my business as well. So all these things that, that build up from that time has led me to this space. And then thankfully enough, I was able to get back into the dating scene, which for those who are dating right now know how um, interactive it is online. And in real life, it is quite challenging to to speak to people. Um, And I see myself as a extroverted introvert. I love talking to people, but I need my own space. If I don't have my own time, I'm an absolute bitch. Can I swear? Absolutely. Go for it. (laughs) <laughs> cool. Yeah. So um, I found myself, you know, back in the dating scene and I started dating someone. It got really serious really way too quickly. Um, and unfortunately, I fell into old habits that didn't serve myself, didn't serve the relationship and ended up jeopardizing my health. And that was a very traumatic change for me after separating from that partner where I found myself in a really dark place, unhealthy. Um, I was malnourished. I lost a lot of weight. I even lost a lot of hair. So if you ever experienced a lot of stress and trauma in your life, you will notice all these symptoms occur, whether it's like acne, loss of sleep, um, losing your period. Like you talk all all about this, um, Mm. Tash. So I'm sure, uh, you know, your listeners know about this. Um, and then over the last, I'd say, seven months, I've really been honing down onto my self-care routine and my, my spirituality and my healing just to find myself again. And it's so cliche because we talk about this all the time, you know, find yourself like what you love and what you don't love. But over the 18 months, I've just noticed that every journey or every season that I've been in, I've just noticed particular parts of me that I'm loving more and I'm wanting to do more of it. Mm. I love that. It's very interesting. I think it's hard. Sometimes when you're in a long-term relationship, you don't have the space to be able to really explore yourself. Your identity can get wrapped up in the other person or you're purely just distracted from the fact that maybe you're not happy or maybe you don't really know who you are or what you really want. We kind of get ourselves into these situations. And I guess it's like, it doesn't even need to be relationships in particular. It's any kind of situation that we feel comfortable in. We almost can like put our foot on the brake when it comes to self-development and really being in tune with who we are and what we want purely because of the fact that we just feel really comfortable and things are easy. But are we necessarily really happy? It's funny you mentioned um, those physical Uh, So you had weight loss, you had your hair falling out and obviously stress can do that. And it wouldn't even surprise me that like, I think for a lot of people subconsciously, we have these kinds of health symptoms. We feel really fatigued. We have digestive issues. 
for me in my situation, I was in a really unhealthy relationship for a long time and I would get at least once a month, I would get uh, a boils, like incredibly mm-hmm. painful boils come up on my skin, scar, like they were horrendous. And I was like, what is going on? Maybe it's something I'm allergic to. Left that situation, haven't had one since in a year. And it's like, you don't know until sometimes you're out of that. You kind of mentioned about exploring yourself and kind of learning about yourself. And I mm-hmm. want to touch on that because we, you know, once again, drawing on my own situation, I think what I fell into is being comfortable thinking I was a certain person. I had a certain set of values or morals that I lived by, which weren't necessarily bad, but they were what was imposed on me and what made the situation that I was in or the relationship that I was in the most comfortable it could be for the other person for me, right? Um, And in turn, that wasn't really making me very happy throughout. And then I had to kind of rebuild that and figure out, actually, what do I want? Who am I? Like, what, what do I want my life to be about? What do I believe in? What do I think is right and wrong? What do I want my legacy to be? All of that. With your situation, I guess, like the past, well, I, I guess you left that relationship 18 months ago, but then you got into this other relationship. So how long have you been essentially single for? Um, so I've been single now for seven months. Okay. So I'm assuming the past seven months have been a whirlwind and a lot has happened. Yes, is so anything- much. <laughs> I bet. I guess like thinking <laughs> thinking about the past seven months, is there anything in particular, I'm sure there's lots, but is there anything in particular that was a massive shift for you or a realisation um, that has really changed, I guess, like the direction and trajectory of your life? Mm, yeah, massive one. The biggest one is having self-trust. So in my previous relationship, and I'm sure you may, well, I can't assume, but you might understand this and may our listeners um, understand this as well, that as you mentioned before, too often we'll put our needs on the side and we'll take care of our partners. And you know, some people will say that's a it's a woman's nature of wanting to be a caregiver to, you know, their partners, the kids, whoever, and then we tend to lose trust within what we're actually wanting, what we're actually passionate about doing, whether it's business, whether it's our own pleasure, whether it's socializing, seeing our friends outside of a partnership. So I have found that I did lose my sense of self in that relationship and to be honest that's completely my fault because I made the choice to stay with this person even though they treated me like absolute shit again I'm taking super like taking ownership and self-responsibility for my actions however I had noticed how because of the mistreatment I was getting I was mistreating myself mm-hmm. and everything's an error in life so to be honest, that relationship has taught me so much where I realized my standards were really low. I had let them go past certain things that just, you know, were not okay within my values, my, like my very core values. And so the last six or seven months, I've really been honing down going, why did I lose myself in that relationship? And how can I start getting more self-trust within myself? And even like little things as, you know, to do with, let's say, making a decision with a friend to go out for dinner instead of me going, hey, do you want to do pizza or sushi? I will just be like, hey, let's do pizza 
on this date at this time. Does this sound good to you? And they can either say yes or no and take it from there instead of me giving way too many options and losing trust within myself to what I actually want to eat. Mm, Preach. I think that is such a, it is more of a feminine thing or a thing that girls do struggle with. It's almost essentially that people pleasing. You get so concerned about someone being uncomfortable. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day and I was like, I I did something. Uh, This is something that I'm working on as well. And it is something that's been very much ingrained in me uh, to like not make people uncomfortable or uh, I guess like to put people's needs in front of mine. And I, I was in an interaction with somebody and I didn't want to stand up for myself because I didn't want it to be awkward or make them feel uncomfortable. So what I did was sacrifice the fact that I was uncomfortable. I made myself uncomfortable. I did something I didn't want to do because I was, that felt better to me than making that person feel uncomfortable or them not getting what they wanted. And I was like, after I was like, no, like I haven't done that in ages. Why did I do that? And then when you sit and reflect, you think the reason for that is because it is if you don't trust yourself and if you don't value yourself, then you will allow people to dictate to you the decisions that you make because your motivation is coming from everyone else being okay. Because if everybody else is okay, then they'll like me, you know, then there won't be any kind of issues. And I think for women growing up, we're always told that because the girl that was really opinionated or the girl that stood up for herself, what was she? She was a bitch. Too much. Yeah. And too much. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just be agreeable. Let's just be really easygoing. And then you get to a point, hopefully, to an age where you go, screw this. I am so unhappy. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And you take back that power. And then what I think happens is the people that come into your life are those that actually value you. They respect your morals, your values, your boundaries. And it's actually a lot easier than trying to fit into somebody else that just wants you to have, just wants you to take action based on what's going to be best for them, essentially. From figuring that out, like how has your life life improved or how has it actually impacted the different, you know, we're talking about relationships here, but it does bleed over into so many different areas of life. So how have you seen that change um, different areas of your life? Um, an example that I can, that literally just came up to my mind is throughout the last three months, I have been dating again. So I've noticed myself in conversations with certain individuals that made me feel uncomfortable and I would literally express myself to them. And it's just like, Hey, like, I understand where this conversation is going. It's quite early state for Okay, let's let's give the listeners a little bit of the tea because I'm not really explaining it. This give really us the well. goss. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in chat with someone for the first, I don't know, one to two weeks and they start talking sexually towards you without even ha- like meeting you in person. In my eyes, that's a massive red flag and in my eyes, it shows me what they're down to. They're either just here for like a quick fix or they're trying to get some form of incentive from me early stages. That is not okay by me. Like I'm not that type of person who's going to go down that route. So me expressing to themselves going like, hey, like I'm all up for like banter and having a little bit of sexual interactive, but I haven't met you. I don't know you. So I would much prefer having a casual conversation until we actually properly meet and 
this is where the gaslighting comes. Oh, like, why are you being so, um, what's it called, concerned about it? You know, I'm just having fun. This is nothing serious. And, like, again, red fucking flag. And you have to, like, that's when I've realised myself, instead of sidelining it, I would literally just express myself, be like, hey, this is not okay. Um, Thank you for, like, having this chat, but I'm no longer interested wish you all the best and literally just closing that conversation and walking away. And it's so nice to see that because previously I would just go with it. I'd be like, yeah, cool. Like, do you want a naked selfie? Cool. I'll send you a fucking naked selfie. And you don't realize the the situation that you end up in because they look at you as obviously just a an object like, oh, she's just another girl that I can, you know, influence to get into bed. And most of the time that does happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've noticed myself like really placing like set boundaries with what I'm looking for, what my standards are and what I will and will not put up with. Yeah. um, I feel you on the dating scene. It's wild out there. (laughs) People feel very entitled to that sort of stuff, I guess. And I can understand why, because if you don't, it's, you know, you've just said that, but I have no doubt the first time you did that and stuck up for yourself, it felt incredibly uncomfortable and hard because you know you're either going to cop something from him, right? He's going to try and put you down because he's not getting what he wants. And he doesn't like that you've set boundaries. And then you get, you've got to get to the point where you understand you're actually going to, you in life, when you stick up for yourself, you are going to offend people and you have to be okay with not everyone liking you and not everyone aligning with you. And that's all right. They're not your people, but it is really, really, really difficult. Um, I mean, the whole casual dating thing or casual sex as well as probably a whole nother conversation um, to be had. And I think the negative impacts of that uh, aren't great. Um, But it's a really big topic when it does come to women because our sexuality a lot of the time just talking with friends and recent situations is that a lot of girls do do get themselves into situations or entertain um, entertain relationships. I wouldn't even call them relationships, just situations where they're forced, not forced, but they're coerced maybe into doing things they don't feel 100% comfortable with. But when society mm-hmm. tells us like, this is what we should do, right? You've got that pressure. When you've got pressure from someone that you're talking to that you may have feelings for, you don't want to let them down either. And then you also don't want to be viewed as someone who's like a prude or like someone that's like annoying or too strong-headed. And so we give in, we give in and we give in until you get to the point where you go, why am I making all of these decisions? And resentment can then begin to build up. I wanted to talk to you about the feminine and sort of masculine as well. I'm going to sort of pivot the conversation a little bit here. Um, (laughs) Maybe let's just quickly chat for someone that hasn't kind of heard about feminine and masculine energy. Do you want to give us like an overview of, of basically what that is? Yeah, sure. So for those who don't know what, um, Tash is talking about in terms of like understanding the energy archetypes, they are passed down through, like stories, traditions, movies, history. So think of like prince, princess, king, queen, the moon, the sun, and then there's like the feminine and the masculine energies. And what I, how I love to explain it is think of it as yin and yang. 
So the masculine is like your yang energy. It's like the external energy of um, ourselves. It's more like the logical um, direction, initiation side of energy that we have within us. So when women are in their masculine energy, think of um, weight training, tracking macros, going on your walk. They're all external things that we do on a daily basis to fill ourselves and to fill our goals. And when we're looking at the feminine side of things, which is your yin, it comes from the inside energy of ourselves. So think of her as your intuition, self-pleasure, your sensuality, sexual um, desires, that more like go with the flow side of things. And what I love about the feminine when we're looking at our lifestyles Think of it more as like nourishing sort of things for our listeners who want to understand this a little bit more. Think of this as your maintenance stage where dieting is probably more like that masculine energy. We're more in that rigid way of setting certain goals where maintenance, it is still a goal, but you're able to live life. You're able to socialize. You're able to be more in tune with your body to eat foods that you don't necessarily eat when you're dieting. Yeah, I um you're talking about the feminine there and that kind of requires somebody to be super comfortable in themselves and in their own skin and all of that, like owning all of that. And so it's so much easier to take on that masculine because what we can do is have a barrier here and not allow people to come in because it becomes this way of self-protection, especially if we don't own all that we are. I mean, if someone's recognizing, I mean, I, I lived probably the majority of my life in the masculine, to be completely honest with you. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you start realizing it and you're like, I'm actually, it makes me so miserable. It doesn't align mm-hmm. with my, with my natural nature, like what I want, who I want to be. I'm feeling like I'm fighting every battle or I'm having to prove myself or I'm putting up walls so people don't get too close to me. And a lot mm. of that for me was, I didn't want that because I felt when people got to know me, because I didn't really even know myself or I didn't really have the confidence in who I was as a person that maybe they wouldn't like me I wouldn't be good enough so let's let's pretend like let's be hard let's let's not really step into our authentic self because I wasn't even confident in my own authentic self how do you even go about building that up because in order to sort of tear down those walls and to really Mm -hmm. embrace who you are that requires you to like yourself and to be confident in yourself. So like, how do you even start with that? If you, if you, if you don't feel good in yourself, like where do you start? Mm, God, I absolutely love this, this question. Um, there's so many ways to go about this. So when we're looking um, at the feminine and starting to build more of that self-trust as I was, as I was um, referring to earlier from my experience, is seeing what areas in life are you too rigid and where are you lacking more of that flow state and too often we'll be more in that restriction mindset or like setting goals instead of actually taking more force of like the nourishment and the pleasure side of things and tapping a little bit more into the body wisdom that we have as as women so where do I start with this There's so many ways to look at this, especially around body image. So 
with body image, we're too often comparing ourselves to other women. And this is something that I constantly tell women to have a little bit more self-compassion around this. And self-compassion comes from that feminine side and trusting yourself that you're okay where you're at. And we have to be a little bit kinder to ourselves instead of beating ourselves consistently by not meeting these unrealistic high standards that we've set ourselves. So this would look like um, cultivating like kind self-talk, which obviously will mean that you will speak to yourself as you would normally speak to your best friend because what kind of words would you speak to yourself? I mean, what kind of words would you say to them that you're not telling yourself? You know, you would tell them that they're absolutely sexy, but when you look at yourself, you're like, oh, I'm revolting. So again, it's being a little bit more self-compassionate about yourself and tapping into that feminine energy is finding what areas in life give you pleasure. So I went through different stages of my life where I found pleasure in painting. I found pleasure in reading. Right now I'm finding pleasure in dancing, in self-pleasure, in like just exploring around that femininity side of things. And again, as we were talking before, like women can get so um, cringy around sexuality because there's such a big stigma around it. You know, um, it's so interesting because women have this perception of that sex is like plastered all over billboards and it sells like fucking pair of socks everywhere as quickly as possible, even like on bottles of perfume, like the sex sells. But then when it comes to our own femininity and our own body of way to exploring, we feel shame and guilt Mm. around this. And these are things that are hidden in the shadows of our lives every day. Um, And I love teaching this to my clients, ways of breaking this vicious cycle by creating better relationship with your femininity, with your body, and creating better standards and expectations of themselves to truly understand like who they are and what makes them feel good. Because again, what makes me feel good will be completely different to what makes you feel good. Mm. Yeah. As soon as you said self-pleasure and sexuality, I was like, oh, (laughs) so many women do not feel comfortable with that. And fun, like being honest with you, you think about boys, I mean, like growing up and self-pleasure for them is just like, it's something they laugh about, laugh about. Like it's so common. It's, there's no shame whatsoever in that. And it's interesting it's and I think it really still does happen where when girls grow up it's interesting the fact like you did mention that it's everywhere yet it's always mostly for the male gaze so it's mm-hmm. looked at in a way that a man is going to get aroused or what is going to be most pleasure pleasurable for a male and so the way that female pleasure works like that's kind of not really um focused on I guess and so maybe subliminally we're kind of taught well you know I'm here to please not necessarily be please and actually connect with my body and I think Mm. that's a really big part of self-confidence and body image as well when you realize like this body that you have is absolutely incredible regardless of 
whether you think it's perfect or how it looks, it provides you with so much. And a massive part of that is pleasure. And a massive part of life is sex as well. Yet we don't really, we don't lean into that. You know, we focus on all of these other things in our life that we think are important or so much focus, I think, for women on the way that we look and exercise and food. And it's like, hold on, are you are you stopping and understanding that those things aren't necessarily bad, but they are there to set us up for a good, healthy life, that we should enjoy all of these things and what life has to offer as well as pleasure and feel connected with ourselves and feel like we deserve that. When that happens, that's when we start to work on really respecting our body And then in turn, these other things like food and exercise, we find balance with because they come from a place of the action that we're taking is coming from a place of respect and wanting to be the best versions of ourselves. A hundred percent. I completely agree with all of that. And this is where it goes back to people pleasing because too often we'll want to please everyone else, please our partners, please whoever you're sexually interacted with, instead of actually questioning yourself, what is it that I want? What makes me fucking go off? Like what turns me on? Like why do I have to set whatever they want? Um, And it's so interesting because from like a really young age, um, being brought up in a traditional household where like there's no sex before marriage, there's no such thing as pleasure for women, and I constantly always question that going like why is that like why are we being criticized so much for the desire of being sexual or being too much or you know looking a certain way like now I just healthily express myself and whoever can take that on board that's awesome who can't that's a you problem Mm -hmm. and if they project the issues on me I'll be like cool like that that's that's on you that's not on me to explain myself to you of why I love expressing myself like that and it's something that I really enjoy teaching women is using positive ways of their sexuality and you mentioned such a good point before about different versions of sex because porn has a lot to answer when it comes to how we feel about our bodies we're constantly comparing ourselves to what men are watching so we're thinking and perceiving we have to look that certain way but sexiness is such a funny thing really like it's hard to really define it but that's because attractiveness is entirely unique to each person and for us to really you know explore that it takes time for us to use um, positive touch and this comes down to like self-pleasure like really touching your body or looking yourself in the mirror like what is it that you enjoy doing and doing more of it yeah i want to touch on something you just mentioned a little bit earlier and that was um you said i don't know why we we're, we're brought up to feel that shame but the first thing mm-hmm. that popped into my head is like it's because there's still this narrative this and i i was watching a youtube video the other day and this guy's like any female that has a high sex drive, you should avoid. So any female that enjoys sex, that feels comfortable in her skin, you should avoid. Well, let's think about why you feel you should avoid her. Yeah. That's your insecurity. And I think 100%. and I think what happens is, is that it's drilled into us, no, 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 suppress, suppress, suppress. That's okay for the man. And we're generalizing here. This is not all men by all means. Yeah. But an overall belief that if you are like that you're promiscuous you're going to be unfaithful you're too easy and in fact actually it's got nothing to do with that 
it's not about giving up. Um, in fact, when you're not in your feminine and you don't have confidence in yourself, that's when mm-hmm. you become quote unquote easy because you make yeah. decisions based on what someone else wants you to do, not because you want it. And there's two totally separate things. And to become aware of that, you need to start then questioning, okay, well then, all right, why have I not stepped into that? Why do I feel so uncomfortable? Is it because I feel like if I was to do that, then I would be viewed in a negative light? that men wouldn't want me or whatever it is that's driving that for you, becoming aware of that's really very important. And um, like we mentioned, like sexuality and feeling good within yourself is such, like it is such an empowering thing. And I don't want any woman to feel like she has to turn that off at all. Um, And it can take some time, right? We've been like wired for years and years and years and years, especially if you've grown up in a traditional home like that. I mean, the funny thing is, is like, I didn't even, I was never taught that women even orgasmed. I had no idea Mm. until I had an orgasm. And I, it's it's later in life than I would like to admit. I was like, what the hell is this? Why did no one tell me about this? It was never spoken about. Female pleasure, no, no, no. Like it was purely sex was about the male, you know, the way that I was brought up anyway. So um, and then once you kind of can start to get comfortable with that, life becomes amazing, right? You start to open up and you start to feel more confident in yourself and in your body as well. Um, I'm mindful of the time. We may need to wrap up, Sig, but before we go, I'd really love for you, I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> I'd love for here you. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like you've been through so much over the past 18 months. If someone's listening and they're like, look, I'm in that space, I'm feeling super uncomfortable, I'm in my masculine, what are three, if you can give me three things, what are three things that you have done that have helped you step into that? And we have three minutes left, so They've got to be speedy. <laughs> cool. Three things. The first one is tell your inner bitch to leave the room because too often we'll have these negative thoughts before we think positively about us and then we spiral into this negativity. So start catching yourself when that negativity comes and switch it to that positive side of things and reaffirm yourself that you look fucking great and you look okay on even on the days that you don't feel so good. The next one we touched point before about positive touch. So if you're someone who's starting to explore your sexuality a little bit more, start building a relationship and learning how to touch your flesh without actually grabbing your gut going, oh my God, I'm so far. Like get a moisturizer, apply it slowly, like get into your body, seeing what it is that you love about yourself and find some gratitude. And then the third one is self-compassion. And that comes down to trusting yourself and your intuition to meeting a realistic standard within what looks what looks good for you instead of a, what looks good on the external side of things, which is obviously the masculine. It's that logical brain. So remind yourself being like, cool, I look damn sexy. This is what I look like. And give yourself a little bit more kindness to yourself too. Love that. They're amazing tips. All right. If anyone wants to, well, they should all be following you. Where can we find you, Sig? Um, to be honest, these days it's mainly Instagram. So you can find me on Sig Fisher. Um, and I'm also a little bit dabbling into um, TikTok and threads. But to be honest, all my free resources are on Instagram these days. Yeah. So many platforms. And now we have another one, threads. <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate and uh, really enjoy the conversation. Me too. Thank you. Thanks.
I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode, guys. I sure did. I told Sig after, I was like, we could just talk for hours and hours and hours. I'd love to have her back to discuss more about this topic and go into depth. And if you enjoyed this episode, you enjoyed this conversation, please let us know. Make sure you send me a DM. Let me know what you enjoy, what you want to hear more of. And please take a screenshot of it, share it onto your stories or tag a friend or just let a friend know about the podcast. And if you do want to enter into the Gymshark Voucher Giveaway, I do run that once a month. I give away a $100 voucher to someone that does leave a rating or review. If you do that, take a screenshot of it, send it to me on Instagram through DMs and you will go into the running to win that Gymshark Voucher. All right, guys, once again, thank you so much for your support. I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Big love, Coach Tash. Mm -hmm.